Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Studio with me. All sorts of Grizz talk, some Bobcat talk, and much, much more. Welcome into To Tell the Nuanas, broadcasting to you live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway here in Missoula, and Highway 88 in Sealy, carrying Husqvarna dirt bikes and all your other off-road vehicles for the summer. Ryan Tutel, he's out again. The guy has more vacation than anybody I've ever met, but that's okay. We continue to march on. I'm glad he's getting in with the summer. Uh, he's probably going to be all jacked up on fantasy football when he gets back in the saddle. But I got Mike Nuger, my good buddy, and a Grizz extraordinaire when it comes to all the things he knows about the Grizz. And he's got a new podcast, too, so we'll talk a little bit about that. If you want to listen to us live, go check us out, 1029ESPN.com. There you can find the stream. The stream is presented by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call, 329-1899. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. And if you want to hit us on Twitter, at SkylineSportsMT.com, at 1029ESPN. Nuja, what's your Twitter? Oh, man. At Mike, <laughs> Mike M. Nugent. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes you got to study. Like, I don't even know my own phone number. Yeah, I'm not in, a, I'm not in the <laughs> PR world here. Well, uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, we'll be available there. If you want to find us on Facebook, it's ESPN backslash Missoula. Mike Nugent. Back in the saddle. You've been in here a couple times, but this is your second time co-host on the show. Thanks for coming around, man. I'm excited to have you in. You know, I think it's healthy for you and Ryan's relationship that you acknowledge that I've put pressure on him for his job. <laughs> um, because last time I felt like it was a little awkward. You know, he, he knew I did awesome, and uh, then he just started inviting himself to lunch with us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like he wants to keep an eye on me or something uh, i don't know uh, he's, he's, he's looking over his shoulder it's good it's just like we're going to talk a lot about grizz fall camp and it's competition cultivates 
even a higher level of competition. And I think it is. It's 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 good for Ryan. It, it definitely is. Uh, today's show, we're going to go through a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about Mike's podcast, the Grizz Fan Podcast. These guys got some fancy stuff, and they're doing some fun stuff, and it's a good piece of analysis. They have a lot of fun, and uh, it's definitely something worth listening to. So we'll let you know how to check that out. We're also going to pick Montana and Montana State schedules game by game. Rather, Mike's going to pick, and then I'm going to argue with him. That's about it. But I do think it's interesting because the Cats and the Grizz have much different schedules this year in terms of the difficulties. Both have pretty good non-conference schedules with FBS opponents as well as a couple marquee FCS games, Missouri Valley crossover. But then the league schedules, the Grizz have to play, in my mind, the four contenders uh, in the league besides themselves and the Bobcats. They don't have to play any of the contenders until late, uh, the last two weeks of the season. So we'll get into that. We also have our weekly sports update from a chick who doesn't know about sports presented by the Missoula Winery. So Carolyn joins us, and she's got some fun stuff, ranging from Conor McGregor to Jay-Z to the 1985 Chicago Bears being named the all-time greatest team in the history of football. We're also going to talk a little bit about Montana State and the quarterback situation over there. Casey Bauman named the starter earlier on this week, and he will officially make basically his – debut, as it were, tomorrow in Bozeman uh, with Montana State's first open scrimmage. The Actually, the only open scrimmage I'm going to get to watch this entire fall or this <laughs> entire uh, fall camp. So we'll get into that and some of Mike's thoughts on uh, what he thinks of just the Bobcat quarterback situation and then the quarterback position in college football as well. And then Mike's got his top five newcomers of the Grizz roster that he's excited about as well. But as always, we start off our Friday show. It's a Florence Coffee Company Friday Loco does it right. I got myself a little triple iced Americano. What you got going on over there, News? You got a little chai. Got a nice tea? chai. It's hot, even though it's hot out. I don't I don't drink chai over ice. Good. Well, they, see, that, that's the way to go. He's a connoisseur, but it is Friday night. You can stay up late. So if you if you need a little boost, go check them out. There's a Florence Coffee Company near you, I almost guarantee it. And they do it right. It's efficient, it's delicious. So go check them out. Thanks to Floco for keeping us rolling here on our Friday night. I also got to give a shout-out to the sweatshop. I've been seeing your lovely wife down there. We do a little noon on Thursday torture session. They call it Drench. Uh, it's in the dungeon, <laughs> and um, we both look at each other and say, Hi, how are you? Let's talk afterwards, because right now I'm just mentally preparing myself to die. Uh, but that, it actually is a great <laughs> It's a great workout, and it's been fun seeing Stacy because you know, uh, for those that don't know, I actually grew up with Stacy. I've known her since first grade, uh, Mike's lovely wife. So it's been fun seeing her down there, but I know she's enjoying the classes too. So if you need a good workout, I was thinking about today, I've been moving out of my house, out of my apartment, into a house that my roommate bought, and usually this stuff makes my back just kill me. My back's not hurting me at all, and it hasn't been since I started going to spin. I was thinking, that's a really good benefit of going to these spin classes down at the sweatshop. So if you need a good workout, it's also an efficient workout, too. You can hit it on your lunch break, 40, 45 minutes, you're in, you're out, you're sweaty, it's all good. So go check them out, the sweatshop right there on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. It's an excellent time. Mike, I want to talk to you about this podcast before we get to this Alpine Touch Montana Grizzlies and Montana State Bobcats football segment. You guys have been doing the Grizz Fan Podcast for a little while now. Yep. You guys really upped the game. You guys got some fancy equipment. I mean, you guys were putting this stuff on Twitter. I was like, <laughs> man, these guys are really going to compete here. This is this is fun. Montana Mint hosting the deal. So it's it's been pretty cool to, to watch this thing evolve, and, and it's good content. You guys are doing a good job. So tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, it's, it's fun. And, you know, I want to lead off by saying that Grizz Fan Podcast is not media at all. So if anybody is listening who has control over my QB club access, I'm not telling any secrets. So let me keep it. Um, no, it's a lot of fun. Like the whole idea was just, um, you know, got a couple of buddies, my buddy Luke and then my buddy Brent, uh, who 
we all sit and talk about Grizz, Grizz games and the Big Side Conference in general anyway. So just sit down, record it over a couple beers, having some fun. Um, we got some new equipment this year. We kind of figured we'd give ourselves a year, see how it went. Got some new equipment. I think it produced the worst audio sound that we've done yet, but that's because we're <laughs> learning how to work with the board. There's too many decisions to be made. Oh. So uh, next one will be a little bit better. You're, you're speaking to me. You're speaking to my heart right now because when I first came to Missoula Broadcasting Company, I was the tiny handheld recorder guy who just recorded the podcast in his living room. I didn't need all the fancy equipment. Just one take. I could edit it so easy. I know all the stuff. When I first got here, it was taking me hours to figure out how to press the right buttons, get somebody on the phone line, somehow, you know, get a guest in here, produce the thing. And now I got it down, but I know it's exactly what you mean. When you, the comp- Sometimes when you upgrade, you downgrade it. First. Oh, it's crazy. It's like, But it's so weird because we, we had some comments from people that said that they had to turn it up to hear our voices, which, you know, we can fix that, you know, sure. volume normalization or something like that. But I'm listening to it and I can hear my, you know, one-year-old crying, going to sleep in the background. And it's like, how can they not hear my voice, but they can pick this up a thousand feet away? It's crazy how some of this stuff works. <laughs> anyway, great it's, podcast. It is crazy. It's also crazy how we can just produce this stuff. Uh, the, the entry point, the, the sustainability is certainly not easy, but the entry point is a little bit easier than it's ever been. And I think that's the cool part. You know, it is cool. And that's kind of how our podcast at Skyline Sports evolved because my brother and I started working together. And after games, we would just sit there. And we would just talk about the game for hours and hours and hours. And we were like, well, why don't we just... When we get done with the press conference, come down and just hit 30 minutes of just analysis real quick, get a podcast up, and then we get content out of our conversation we're going to have anyways. That's exactly how we did it. I mean, it was just, you know, we had this text thread with all kinds of buddies who are from Montana but aren't around anymore and always want to know how the games went. And so we're sitting here having it. It's like, yeah, let's just record this. I love it. it it's it's great. And uh, it, the more, the merrier, the more coverage you can get out there. And I, like Mike said, it's not really just coverage. It's more just commentary. It's just fun thoughts that they all have. And uh, it's definitely interesting. So, Mike, uh, congratulations on that and continue with the good work. Let's get into picking the games. Most of the, our loyal listeners out there know that in July, I spend a uh, in an inordinate amount of time picking my Big Sky Conference composite schedule. And then I don't actually, you know, that's. Colter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls, I love Rainbows, and I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely the, the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana. It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for internet, voice, professional services, anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expand, expanding their fiber network into Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call. 866-541-5000 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. That's how I u- that's what I use to vote in my media poll, but then I don't actually roll out those picks until week by week as the season progresses. But I think this will be fun. We're going to pick Montana, Montana State schedules week by week, wins and losses, 
and give you a little bit of insight on each of the games. This, this segment is presented by Alpine Touch, Alpine Touch Montana Special Spice. And stick with us till the end of the segment because got some Alpine Touch to give to you. Got a Grand Slam package with your name on it. Maybe even throw an Alpine Touch hat as well. So stick with us as we pick Montana, Montana State schedules. So week one, August 31st, both the Cats and the Grizz kick off on the road. This is the first time in my 13 years covering these two teams that both teams have been on the road as well as being in places that are a little bit hard to get to. Not easy to get to Vermilion, South Dakota. Not easy to get to Lubbock, Texas. So I'm actually doing something I've never done before. I'm not going to go to either of the games. You know, I don't mind it. I I actually, you know, it's like they're both gone. Gives me an extra week of summer. Right. You know. Pack those home games in a little bit later when I got nothing to do. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, but it'll be an, an interesting weekend because Montana at Texas Tech. Uh, you know, on the surface level, you got a Big Twelve team that certainly will overmatch the Cats in talent, especially on the perimeter. But it's an interesting factor because Matt Wells is in his first year, so nobody really knows what Texas Tech's going to look like. And Matt Wells prioritized uh, balanced offenses with quarterbacks who could run. Namely, Chucky Keaton was his star at Utah State, but a completely different style than Texas Tech has played for 15-plus years. I mean, since Mike Leach installed the Air Raid there, it's just been Air Raid U. They've had three different head coaches that have run a very similar system. No one really knows what they're going to run. So uh, they have a chance to maybe surprise the Cats, although uh, maybe they have a chance to underestimate the Cats. I don't know where we're at. New coaching staffs always throw in a little bit of a wrench, and I think it could be even more of a landslide in favor of Texas Tech, or maybe not. We'll see. But on the other side, the Grizz at South Dakota, to me, this is one of the most pivotal non-conference games on the slate just because I think that South Dakota, a solid but not elite Missouri Valley Conference team, I think the Grizz, if they can get a win, they can really set themselves up for some good stuff. So week one, how do you see these two playing out? You know, I think that I'm actually glad you talked a little bit about we're going to talk about the Cats because I think we're going to talk about the Cats just as much as we're going to talk about the Grizz this show. Um, that, that program always intrigues me. I don't want to get in trouble with Bobcat Nation. So, uh, you know, we're going to give we're going to give equal time here. I think if the Cats had a veteran quarterback to right. go with their defense, given what you just talked about on Texas Tech and and what they're going through, which is kind of similar to what the Grizz went through last year, going from Stitz wide totally. open, no fullbacks, no tight ends, to Coach Houck, it's a little bit more traditional, or what they said would be a little bit more traditional offense. Um, if they had a veteran QB, I might be more inclined to say they've got a chance. I think even if if the Cats freshman QB turns into the best QB in the history of the Big Sky Conference, it's a tall order to say your first collegiate starts on the road playing up in Texas. You know, I just think that's a stretch. 3 p.m. kickoff in Lubbock on August 31st. I mean, Matt Wells had a press conference the other day, and he was sort of joking. But he was saying, he said, it's going to be 170 degrees on the turf. <laughs> and, Choate shot back in his press conference yesterday, and he said, if it's 170 degrees, I'm actually going to protest. He said, I'm actually (laughs) going to say we cannot play this game because somebody's going to die. But the 3 p.m. kickoff time seems like it'll favor Texas Tech for sure. And, you know, I mean, here's the deal. Nobody knows what Texas Tech's going to look like, but they're going to have just, not only are they going to have so much better athletes on the perimeter, they're just going to have so many more of them. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean... yeah, their offense has been fun to watch for several years, and and they've got the athletes. I just think it's going to be a tough matchup. I think I think the Cats might be able to move the ball a little bit on them, especially. I mean, they've got a good two headed running back at Hack, you know, sure. so they might be able to do it. But I don't think um, Coach Choate's kind of mo of of trying to win it with defense and 
and play ball control is going to work in that environment. No doubt. How do you see the one in Vermillion going? How do you think the Grizz are going to fare against South Dakota? I think the Grizz are going to go in and beat South Dakota. I think that it, it obviously could go either way, but I, I think that, you know, South Dakota is picked, what, seventh in their conference? Yep, seventh in the 10-team Missouri Valley, yep. You know, and, and, and I talked about this when we when I was on the show a couple weeks after the Cat-Grizz game last year. You know, everybody's talking about how tough the Grizz schedule is, and that's true. It definitely is. But the Grizz also lost next to no one. Totally. So where they were at the end of last year is, in my mind, their, their low watermark. Mm-hmm. And did they grow any? I just think that that team last year would have beat South Dakota. I think this team this year beat South Dakota. I agree. And I think if they can beat South Dakota, I think it's going to set them up for a pretty nice little non-conference run. But we'll get a little bit more into that. The first I mean, weekend of September, go ahead. I will also say that I think it's good for the Big Sky Conference if the Grizz can beat South Dakota. Because the Big Sky as a whole needs to start winning more of those uh, matchups with the Missouri Valley. No doubt. No doubt. It'd be interesting to see, too, because South Dakota gave uh, Weber State a, a run last year. Uh, it was a good game, and Weber State ended up outlasting them. I think they won 23-14 in typical Jay Hill fashion, <laughs> winning by a touchdown with less than 20 points on the board. But uh, no, September 7th, got North Alabama coming to Montana to Missoula for a night game, Washington Grizzly Stadium, and then Southeast Missouri, SEMO, is in Bozeman for the Gold Rush. So you got two games, two night games, two home openers for the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. Let's start with the Cats. SEMO, a playoff team from a year ago, uh, the second-best team out of the Ohio Valley uh, behind Jacksonville State, and a team that I watched play against Weber State in the playoffs. I thought they were hard-nosed and tough. I thought they looked pretty darn good. They had a couple really good players, including a linebacker who was the Buck Buchanan Award winner, and he is back. So uh, that's a good matchup. It's going to be two top 25 teams in Bozeman yep. playing at the Gold Rush. I think that uh, if the Cats are who who they say and we kind of think they are, I think they win that game. I think home, the gold rush is always an exciting game for them for the most part. I think there was one dead a couple years ago, but I think that the um, the excitement of being home, especially after not not opening the season great, uh, is going to carry them to a win on that. I think they're going to, um, I think it'll be close. I think if the if the Cats were the road road team, I might say differently. It's kind of like how the Cats beat Western Illinois at home last year and sure. they just had to travel and lost to them. I think you reverse those and the outcome switches. Um, so I think the Cats are going to get a win on that one. I think, I mean, the Cats are a talented team. They've got a good defense. They're 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 home where I think that when you're home, you can play your ball control a little bit more. Yep. You know, you just kind of, it favors you. And those guys had to, had to travel here. So I think it's Cat win. As for the Grizz, I think it's a Grizz win. I think um, North Alabama is probably better than some people might think they are. And they're going to have athletes. Yes. They're going to have athletes. And I think that, you know, the casual Grizz fans just going to think this is another directional whatever school they brought in. But I think they're better than that. I think that the the Grizz first home game since, you know, that meltdown um, at the goal line, I think there's just going to be a lot of momentum. And I think they're going to pull off that win. I, I, I agree with both those sentiments. I think that the one of the key factors – for the Cats is I think the Cats are going to have a little bit of an element of surprise the first two, three games just because of some of the transfer additions they made to their defense. I think that could play a factor against Texas Tech because every coach can say we're not going to underestimate anybody, whatever. It's, it's just human nature to maybe underestimate an FCS school from Montana. But I guarantee you the first couple series of the game against Texas Tech, Texas Tech is going to be – in for it a They're going to be bit. surprised because, by what Because the when you bring. look at the Cats, I mean, when you talk about, call it the front five. They're running an odd man front, but call it the front five with the Buck end and Troy Anderson playing the Sam linebacker spot. When you 
first of all, you got no film on Troy Anderson. When you got Jason Scrimpos, who goes six foot six, three hundred pounds from University of Washington to the inside. Yeah, Derek Barks lining up at three tech now. Got bookend guys who used to be at the University of Washington and Amandre Williams and Bryce Sturk. You're talking about three former UW guys. None of them were starters there, but they were all playing behind guys like Vita Bay and Greg Jenkins and Elijah Coles who are all in the NFL now. I, I just think that no matter how much you say you're not going to underestimate, you, you just do not think a team like Montana State is going to have these five guys yep. lining up. And uh, Texas Tech, I'm sure, will adjust to that. And, but I just think that Montana State's going to have a chance to really overwhelm people with their front five early. Once there's film, people then won't underestimate them, I and I think that it'll, it'll you know it'll be a little bit of an adjustment. But I think that's going to be a key factor. I also think that uh, Montana they have a chance to uh, maybe surprise some people too, just because of a couple guys that they have added to their offense. I really think that Mitch Roberts is going to be an X factor this year. I think his addition plus the proven commodities at receiver like Sammy Kim, Samari Torre, and Jerry Lou McGee, and then I also think if Gabe Solser has an elevated role. Now all of a sudden you got weapons everywhere for Montana. There's just not enough passes to go around. That, right, I mean, exactly. we talk about all these guys, and it's like they're going to be weapons that are going to have to be okay not uh, not getting the ball as much as they might think. But switching back to the Cats real quick, aren't you just as a fan of football excited to see Troy Anderson play linebacker full-time? Oh, man. I'm, I'm pumped. Like, people who listened to the podcast last year know that, you know, we pick on the Cats, but we are big Troy Anderson fans. Well, how can you not like, be? I'm really excited to let see see them actually let him focus on what I think is his natural best position. Absolutely, and and just wreak havoc for two years. There's there's so many different lines that coaches use, and there's so many different ways that coaches spout cliches and say different things. But I was watching Troy Anderson do pass rush drills the other day, and Jeff Chota said this forever. He said Troy Anderson is is the most special player I've ever coached, not because of his physical gifts, but because he he calls him a one rep guy. He only needs one rep to be able to pick something up, and he only needs four or five to start to master it. And by the time he's got 10 or 20, which you can get in one practice, he's getting pretty darn good at something. It takes most guys four, six, eight weeks to be able to get to the point where Troy Anderson, he's just so accelerated, and I think that's why he can play both sides of the ball. You know, we talked about this kid on the show so much, and, and I know that everybody around Montana State has been trying to downplay it a little bit because, I mean, the – the legend around this kid has grown so huge that it's it's almost like like Choate said the other day he's like Paul Bunyan. People <laughs> wonder what you know. People wonder what can this kid do? Can he yep. do everything? And you have to remember he's still a twenty year old kid. Exactly. He's still just a human. But you know, I think that honestly, in some ways, it's an underplayed story. The, I mean, the fact is that the kid, realistically, it, say he had a couple big games right out the gates defensively. He has a chance to be on the Walter Payton and the Buck Buchanan Award watch list. He's already on the Walter Payton, and he's not even going to be a full-time offensive starter. Just think, if if his career plays out how I kind of think it will the next two years, and he's getting a chance at the NFL and, and whatnot, the storyline of him giving up a year at his best position because the QB position was so terrible on his team, right. I mean... That's going to be crazy. And not just like kind of functionally doing it. I, like, no, no one can say he's an elite thrower of the football, but he was, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was a first team all yeah. conference quarterback. He led up to the playoffs and him, and he was in certain ways, Asterix. in certain ways, the most dangerous player in the league. I mean, I, I thought he had a legitimate case for offensive MVP just in terms of how important he is to his team. Yeah, I would agree with that. He was first team. He was first team All Big Sky as like an athlete, really, because there really, was right, there was a right. quarterback too. Right, but I'm not taking anything away from him because that's that's legitimate. You know, he and I have something in common, and that's uh, what he is to football: one rep and figure it out. I am to this radio show. 
one rep and we're oh, nailing it. Mike so. Nugent, he's on fire. <laughs> Mike Nugent in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Gus Tutel, he's somewhere on I-90 on his way to his fancy football draft. Get nervous, Gus. <laughs> uh, he is probably already having himself a grand old time going on his way to his boys weekend. All right, September 14th. This is a game that everybody knows the date of this game because we've been pumping this thing all summer. The Grizz are at Oregon. Remember, we've been giving away tickets every single week. We are at Paradise Falls last night. Mike was kind enough to come on by and check out the show with us and get himself recruited to sit in on a Friday. But we'll be giving away tickets for the next four weeks as well. Next week, we're at Locals downtown right there on the corner of Higgins and Ryman. Excuse me, Broadway and Ryman. Uh, and so come check us out. We're giving away a pair of tickets each of the next four weeks as well to send a bunch of Grizz fans out to the Montana at Oregon Ducks game. But then on the other side, Montana State has the unenviable trip to Macomb, Illinois to play at Western Illinois, a team they defeated last year. But as the Grizz learned, the logistics to get to Macomb in itself puts you about a touchdown behind by the time you even get there. Mm-hmm. So I think we both agree with the uh, the Grizz. I don't think that they stand much of a chance in Otson. But the cats. Yeah, are, we don't even talk about it. That's a right. Loss. I mean, that's a yep. loss. Uh, how do you how do you see the, the cats doing though in McComb? You know, again, it's like I hate to I hate to do this, but I think it's another loss. I think that if if they had an experienced QB, I'd be it'd be a different story. But I just think it's it's tough to go win on the road in your first few few starts. Um, that being said, if they won it, I wouldn't be surprised, and it it I think will reinforce what a lot of people in their fan base think their team is. So we'll see. I think it's a loss though. All right, marching on. Last game of September. I guess there's two more games left in September uh, for each of these teams. So the Grizz, they play at home against Monmouth, who now recently moved into the Big South. And the Cats, they host Norfolk State. So let's start with the Grizz. I think that one is a game that Mont- that's probably the game Montana should be favored most heavily in their non-conference. You would think. Um, I, I think that they win it. I think that, again, veteran QB... An offense that if the if the O line can can block at all should be able to score points in droves. I think that they win they win those types of games at home. Um, Montana State, Montana State, Norfolk State. I think Bozeman's going to win that game. Um, I don't know that much about Norfolk State. Do you? Not much. And I, when I first looked at the schedule, I I thought it was maybe Nichols State, and Nichols State won the Southland last yeah, year. Yeah, so that would have been a diamond. That would have been a diamond a dynamite. Non-conference matchup, but this one, uh, Norfolk State. I mean, they're they're kind of a mid-major FCS, so I think that Montana State probably the favorite in that one as well. Okay, so going into conference play, we got the Cats at two and two, and we have the Grizz at three and one. And I don't have much argument over either of those things. So then we get to the conference opener. I think that the Cats and the Grizz play the two most important conference openers and the two best games to open conference play in the league. Because Montana State hosting Northern Arizona, to me, there's only one dark horse in the league. I think it's a very cut-and-dry yep. league. I think there's five contenders. I think there's seven teams that aren't contenders. And then NAU is the wild card because they NAU has, at his best, the best quarterback in the the most talented quarterback in the league, I should say, in Case Cookus. And who knows what the fresh blood with Chris Ball at the helm is going to do for NAU. I was going to say, you know, they NAU, not only do they have the best QB in the league if he's healthy, they kept the flu grads, so he kept his offensive coaches, and they brought in a head coach that's offensive-oriented. I think Case Cookis, if he stays healthy, could blow apart the league this year. For sure. Because I think that that's a style that's a little bit different than Jerome Sowers. No disrespect to him, but I think that that program needed a little bit of a freshen up, and uh, 
I think they're going to be good. If this was in northern Arizona, I'd pick NAU. I don't think they're going to come in and beat the Cats in Bozeman. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I think it's one of the few tough conference games the Cats have. But uh, right. um, I think the Cats are going to pull out the win on that one. Schematically, it's a very interesting matchup. I'm so interested to see what NAU does both sides of the ball schematically. But I imagine they're going to run something very, uh, at least somewhat similar to what they've been doing defensively just because they have so many guys in the program that they've recruited for that. But they run sort of a – it's kind of similar to what the Grizz do on defense in, in terms of the fact that it's kind of a 3-3-5 stack where they want an extra DB on the field like a rover safety guy. But it's so interesting how matchups play out, right? Like last year, Montana had just a bear of a time against Portland State's flex defense for whatever reason. Montana's quick-hitting offense, it was just a perfect matchup for Portland State's flex Whereas when you're talking about the run, the the gun run stuff that Montana State was doing, they could just destroy that flex defense because all you got to do is isolate the middle linebacker and then send Troy Anderson through the hole while he rushes for 230 yards, the most ever by a quarterback in a Big Sky Conference game, and the Cats are off and running that game. With the NAU, that similar flex defense with the gap scheme stuff that Montana State runs offensively, I just think that that just caters to them being able to run the ball straight down NAU's throats. They haven't played NAU. They didn't play NAU last year, but the first two years that they played NAU, Jeff Choate's first two years, they ran the ball with authority, even though those cat teams weren't really that good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I agree. I think that they're going to win in Bozeman. But then the Grizz, they have uh, one of their toughest games straight out the gates. They're at UC Davis. Yeah, you know, you're going to notice a theme in this schedule for me. I think that's a loss. I think that's a tough game to go on the road. Um against UC Davis, who they had a chance last year until the fourth quarter and just completely fell apart. So, I mean, I think that that might be the one thing the Grizz have going for them is that they kind of can go in know that they can play with them, and maybe we've improved and 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 might pick it up, but it's kind of a prove-it game to me. I think that UC Davis has a great offense, kept their QB. Um, I think things are going to go well for them. So, Mike Nugent filling in for Ryan Tutel, and he's doing it just like Ryan Tutel. We're already up to the against the break, even though we're only into the month of October. So, Instead of uh, the chick who doesn't know much about sports update, we're going to save that for a little bit later on. We're going to take a break. And right after this, we're going to get into the October and November portions of the Cats and Grizz football schedules. Picking them here on Tutel Nuanas after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right, they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. they got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. they got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. Oh yeah, Reese's 
killing it. He's even taking Nugent's request. I was going to say, we're going back to my high school years I love, here. This was one of my great albums. I love I loved this album. Green Day, rocking out. This was before they did that opera, whatever it was, American <laughs> Idiot. I, I wasn't in any of that. It's art, Coulter. Why do you criticize people? It is people? very artsy. I mean, I, give, I, I know I, I get the critical acclaim. It's just, I like this. You know, give me the give me 22 and a half minute songs filled with angst. That's what I want. <laughs> Mike Nugent in studio, <laughs> filling in for Ryan Tuto, Coulter Nuanas. We're casting to you live, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide, SWX Montana, and around the planet Earth on YouTube television. Tutel's out for the day. He'll be back on Monday. Have no fear. At least I have I, I have fear, but you guys shouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I believe he will come through. As always, we're broadcasting to you live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway, Missoula. Go check him out, KurtzPolaris.com. Mike and I were marching through our Alpine Touch Grizz and Bobcat segment, picking the games uh, for both Montana and Montana State football. We made it through uh, September, and we got the Bobcats at 3-2 and two coming off a win over Northern Arizona in their conference opener. We have the Grizz at 3-2 and two coming off a loss at UC Davis in their conference opener. October 5th, that's the Grizz are hosting Idaho State, and the Cats are at Cal Poly. How do you see those two? I think there are wins on both both programs. I mean, I, th- I think the Cats will walk over Cal Poly. I think maybe Cal Poly might get back to where they were, but I think right now the league's kind of caught up with them and they just don't have the athletes to, to do what they're trying to do on that. It's a big transition year for yeah. them too because they have – that's the thing is is they have had actually one of the best athletes to run their offense through, first with Chris Brown at quarterback, then with Joe Prothrow at, at fullback. If they would have had those two guys together, they would have – you've been talking about like uh, – potential playoff contending team. Yeah, but, it feels like those guys played for a decade, though. Right, no no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. And they put, they put up the numbers to prove it, but it is a huge transition year for Cal Poly. And uh, you know, there's an, they're another team that they run so many twists and stunts up front that the Cats could just absolutely annihilate them with their run game. They rush, The Cats rushed for like 450 yards against them in Bozeman last year. And Jeff Choate has proven that Montana State's defense has been able to hold down the triple option. They've done well against Cal Poly, both matchups in the Choate era. Yep, no concern about that. And then on the Montana side of things, I mean, Idaho State, to me, if you're going to run the the RPO offense that they run, Mike Farrier, former Grizz uh, passing game coordinator, former Grizz receiver, he's the OC over at Idaho State. But you got to have a veteran quarterback, and they don't have anybody at quarterback to speak of. Gunnar Amos seems like he might be the, the front runner there to be the starter at Idaho State, but I just don't really know. It'll be interesting. And, and, I mean, they'll probably score some points, and it might be fun, but I just think at, at Washington Grizzly Stadium, I don't see it, especially Rob Fennessy, Mike Ferreter. Houck's not going to lose to those guys. N- there's no doubt that Bobby Houck is going to try his – I mean, it, it is – it would be a upset of – of epic proportions if Idaho State was to win in Missoula. And Rob Fennessy might just ride off in the sunset. He might just call it a day if he beat Montana. He's, <laughs> it's so funny because so many coaches, they say, you know, I don't want to talk about the past. I want to put my own stamp on the program. Fennessy has made no bones about saying, I learned all the best things I learned in my career at the University of Montana. We want Idaho State to be like Montana. He says it all the time. Well, every school in Big Sky should want to be like what Montana <laughs> was in that era, right? No doubt. I mean, no doubt. October 12th, the uh, Grizz have the easiest win on the schedule, BYE, <laughs> and the Cats are playing Sacramento State. Now, I said that I thought that there was only one dark horse in the league, and that's NAU. I do think that Sac State is a team that history has proven that they have never risen to up to fulfill the, the potential of the talent that they have on their roster. But now they have a guy who I think is really intriguing as their head coach. Troy Taylor was an Absolutely 
epic record-setting head coach at the high school level in Folsom, California. He coached two straight national player of the year, first Daniel Graves, then Jake Browning. I mean, Jake Browning threw 91 touchdowns as a senior in high school. I don't care what level you're playing at. That's just ridiculous. And Troy Taylor took the leap to get into the college game, joined Bo Baldwin's staff at Eastern Washington, and then he went to University of Utah as the OC, and now he's back in a place where he really knows uh, the dynamic of the area and the recruiting scene, all that stuff. And so it would be interesting because Sac State's always had athletes. I'm just wondering how fast he can put his stamp on it. I don't expect it to be this year, but I do think that Sac State has always had a lot of talent, so it's just kind of been a waiting game to see if they can ever find the right guy to put that talent in place. You know who else doesn't think it'll be this year? The coach that needed a 10-year contract to put in his program. No doubt. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, they might get there, but that they got to prove it. Ironically, when the Grizz beat Sac State last year, uh, Coach Houck said it was the best top-to-bottom program we'd played to that point. Right. And then they, like, lost every game the rest well, of the Well, they way. also <laughs> lost almost every player. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Kevin Thompson, their quarterback, I mean, I think Kevin Thompson's actually top half of the league quarterback, maybe even borderline top five quarterback in the league. And... Uh, losing him hurt them big time. Losing George Obina, their first team all league D end early on, hurt them big time. Losing Darren Choates, their inside, uh, their ins- interior defensive lineman, hurt them really bad. Manoa Pearson was banged up. Drake Terrell was banged up. All the guys of note besides Eliza Dotson basically were banged up last year. So we'll see because they were a seven win team two years ago, but that was against a soft schedule. But I do think, I do agree with you. I think that uh, the Cats will beat Sac State. So then the following week, the Grizz are at Sac State. Same thing. Same thing. I think the Grizz win that game. And the Cats have their bye the next week, so the Cats are there. So then October 26th, this is going to be an epic showdown. I cannot wait for Bobby Houck to get a crack at Eastern Washington. I know he wanted one last year. He didn't get it. Houck actually, it's funny because Houck lost two out of his first three to the Cats and then dominated the Cats after that, just spanked them four years in a row. But Houck was sort of back and forth with Eastern Washington uh, during his first tenure here at Montana. So I think that's going to be a premier matchup. And then the, the Cats, they're out on the road at North Dakota. You know, I I think um, the Cats are going to win North Dakota, first of all. I think we'll go okay. with that. I think North Dakota doesn't have the athletes they've had in years past. You and I were talking about that. I think that I think that's a Cat win. Um, I think the Grizz are going to beat Eastern Washington at home. I think that, again, it kind of goes back to, you know, it's Hauk year two. He's got a bunch of his guys in the program now. Um and he's kind of trying to return things to the way they were. I think if that game's at Eastern, the Grizz lose and lose by maybe 10 or more. But I think at home, I think they have a chance to pull that one off. All right, so we got a couple red-hot Montana teams going into the month of November, both riding four-game winning streaks, both at 6-2 and two overall, both at, uh, I guess the Cats are at 4-0 and oh in league play, and the Grizz at 3-1. and one. Mike Nugent giving us his picks for the Bobcat and Grizzly football schedule. Grizz start out the month of November at Portland State. That's going to be a game just ripe with redemption because last year the Grizz just completely no-showed for the first three quarters and then kind of got into a slugfest with Portland State, and it looked like they were maybe going to gut it out, and they had a torrid comeback. And then a 50-plus yard field goal by a true freshman goes floating through the uprights. And I've never seen Bobby Houck with a look of – uh, just shock on his face like he did when that happened. It was it was the most emotionless I've ever seen Coach Houck, and it was a, a bizarre way for homecoming to play out in Missoula. And then the Cats, they got Southern Utah at home. You know who wasn't emotionless in that stadium? <laughs> Every other person that was Me. in the stadium? Yeah. You know, and I sit in the north end zone, and that field goal went our way. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, I think the, the Grizz will go win at Portland State. I think the, the Grizz should be better. They were better than them last year. They're better than them this year. They should win that game. Um, I think 
Cats have Southern Utah. I think that's a win for them as well. I think Southern Utah has a little bit of uh, growing to do. No doubt. And, and, and DeMario Warren has some proving to do because uh, he won a Big Sky Championship in year two mm-hmm. with the remaining Ed Lambs players, and they haven't been able to get back on track. You know, There's a lot of talk around the Big Sky about Montana State not being able to figure out their quarterback situation. Since Emmett Olson graduated, Southern Utah's quarterback situation has just been a disaster. They've brought in multiple transfers. None of them have lived up to the billing. Uh, Patrick Tyler was really good, even though he wasn't recruited to be the guy. He was recruited to be a backup, and then he emerged over all these other well, it's guys. It's kind of like he, the guy at Northern Colorado a couple years ago who was the receiver. and then in, Right. Yeah, it happens. It, it's it's harder than it looks to recruit quarterbacks yep, at this the, level. The, uh, the wild card in that is the Southern Utah brought in Brandon Fisher. Yes, coordinator, so, right? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, so he, he's got some cat hate, so maybe that's a thing. There's no, a the lot, there is a lot of uh, moving pieces in the Big Sky. I think that's another sort of undertold factor. I mean, you talk about Andy Thompson leaving his post at NAU, which he's held for 10-plus years. Now he's at Sac State. What sort of stamp does he put on the Sac State defense? You talk about Aaron Flugrad uh, being retained at Northern Arizona as the offensive coordinator. He has a chance to really take the next step with Case Cookus in the fold. Uh, you talk about Brandon Fisher, a guy who has NFL experience, who anybody that was around him at the University of Montana knows that he was smart as a whip, and so we'll see what sort of stamp he can put on uh, the, the Southern Utah defense. Uh, it's always interesting when there's all these uh, moving parts. But So you have the Grizz winning at Portland State as well? I do. Okay. So here we go. we got seven win teams going into the stretch run here. The Grizz host Idaho in the battle for the Little Brown Stein, and the Cats are in the smelliest town in America at Northern Colorado. Uh, Cats are going to win at Northern Colorado. Um, the cushiest job in all of college athletics is the head coach <laughs> at Northern Colorado, I believe, because that guy who sounds like a nice man, cl- clearly performance isn't an uh, expectation. Well, I mean, the fact that... Uh, the fact that he had two winning seasons in Northern Colorado, I think you could actually say that he's the greatest coach in Northern Colorado history. Well, at this level, <laughs> don't, division, don't division mock one. Joe Glenn. Joe, like Glenn Joe Glenn is the greatest coach in Northern Colorado history. There's no doubt. But at the Division One level, Ernest Collins is the only guy that has had winning seasons. Uh, but it is. It's interesting. You know, after that last winning season, they gave him a five-year extension, and they have been awful since then. Uh, but they don't have the money to buy him out. So it is the cushiest job. And he's going to make it to year 10 before he finally gets forced out. I think this is going to be year 7 or year 8. So uh, I agree with that. Uh, how do you see the uh, the rivalry game with the Vandals playing out with Montana? I think the Grizz beat Idaho. I, I was I was at Idaho for that game last year. And, again, you know, you just talk about where the Grizz were last year, who they lost, who they get back, where Idaho was, who they lost, who they get back. I just don't see how Idaho is going to grow up enough to come in and beat the Grizz this year. Here. Some people I've talked to around the league think Idaho, Idaho could be okay. I think Idaho's terrible. I think Idaho's going to be awful. Uh, no Caden Ellis. I thought Caden Ellis was one of the five best players in the entire league, period, and he's proving that now with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but I just think that... What what are they using as a factor for that? I, I don't know, because I just think that as long as Paul Petrino is just so dead set on starting his son, his at, son quarterback, at quarterback, he's, I mean, he's just not good. I mean, he's not even close to a Division One quarterback. He's he's two notches above me at quarterback, and they, <laughs> they wouldn't even let me play little Grizzly quarterback. <laughs> I mean, they, they love their little ball control, sprint out, throw it four yards, control the clock. I mean, to put Idaho's game plan in perspective... Idaho controlled the ball for 44 minutes in Bozeman last year and lost. Yeah, You know, I just think that, and we talked about this a little bit last year, but I think that there's all these people who think that just because Idaho was FBS, they're going to come in and they were going to do well last year, and then somehow the guys that were on the roster who are younger are going to grow up and do well. No, I mean, 
they're they're not better than half the programs in the Big Sky. I think they'll get there, maybe. But, um, but we'll see. I think they got some growing. So no, I, I think that that's a win for UM. All right, so we got the Grizz now eight and two and five and one going into the stretch run here, and we got the Cats at eight and two and on a six-game conference winning streak. That's the unbalanced schedule in a nutshell. Yep. All right. It ends. It ends this and, week. And, for and, the and, Cats. and this is this is what's so intriguing to me. This is what's going to be so fun about covering this season. Is it's actually because even though we can bemoan the unbalanced schedule as much as we want, this year. Both teams, their schedules finish with a crescendo. Montana hosts Weber State. The Cats go at to UC Davis, and then they play each other in Bozeman. I mean, it's basically the playoffs start on November 12th if these two teams are in the positions that we expect them to be in. 100%. Um, I think the Cats are going to lose at UC Davis. And it's not, you know, it's not to pick on the Cats or anything like that. I just think UC Davis is a good team. They've got it's really good. They've, they've, you know, they've got a good offense. The Cats have had an easy schedule up to this point. It's on the road. Again, if it was at home, if it was in Bozeman, I think the Cats win. I just I think they're going to lose to UC Davis. It's not it's not just on the road. It's at a place that they have not been under this coaching staff. They haven't been to UC Davis in several years. Actually, and it's another not easy to get to. It, right. Uh, the last time, <laughs> the last time the Cats played at UC Davis might have been one of the wildest games I've ever covered. I remember being on the sidelines. It was the 2015 Cats that just scored a million points all over the place, but. Maybe it was the 2014. It was 2014. Um, but I remember Dakota Prukop throwing his fifth touchdown <laughs> of the game and coming over the sidelines, and Tim Cramsey, the offensive coordinator for Montana State at the time, yelling at Rob Ash and Jamie Marshall, the defensive coordinator, saying, can you guys get one stop so I can take Prukop out of the game? He doesn't need to be in the game. We got 60, but you guys can't give it up, stop giving up touchdowns. Well, it took 17 more points for Montana State to close that up. They won that game 77-37. All-time Big Sky Conference record for total offense in a game. I think they had 780-something yards of total offense in a game. Just ridiculous. Um, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Jeff Choate and his staff react to going to Davis, uh, second to last game of the season, and then uh, the Grizz versus Weber State. This is going to be a slugfest because I think the matchups, UC Davis or excuse me Weber State is they're talented and tough defensively. They have a really good secondary that can match up with the Grizz, and on the other side, they are so intent to just try to run the ball and milk the clock. But I think that the Grizz will rise to the occasion playing that style of offense. I think it just really comes down to can their can the Grizz offense score points against Weaver's defense? That's been an almost impossible task for everybody in the league the last two years. This is where I think the the Bob Stitt wide receiver depth is going to come in handy. I think you know we've got a couple offensive coaches in in uh, in Pease and uh, um, Rosenbaugh, offense, Rosenbaugh yep. who I can't believe I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> See, not media. But we got a couple guys who who uh, who who understand how to take advantage of their weapons. And I think that's a game where, you know, they have a great secondary, but do they have a great secondary that can cover five wide receivers? Right. Like if you go across the way and you've got a Kim, Torre, um, some com- combination of Flowers, Roberts, Jerry Lou McGee, and Sulcer, you know, some combination of those guys, you know, plus Sneed who can run it out of the backfield right. or you can do the sweeps and stuff like that. I think that's how they score points on Weber State at home. Again, if this was on the road, Different story. But I think at home, I think the Grizz beat Weber State. What you just said about the Grizz offense should be true across the board for pretty much every team yeah, that they play this year. 100%. And that's why I think it just comes down to how well does their offensive line hold up? Can they protect Snead? 
Can they convert short yardage situations offensively? And how's their how do their corners hold up? I I think that if I was to argue anything with you on all your picks, I think I agree almost across the board for the Grizz schedule. Except for I think they're going to lose to Eastern Washington because I think that Eastern Washington has. I think that they can pick Montana yep. apart because I still think Montana's not not quite there on the perimeter defensively. But what's interesting, and I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I think that that's, that's a little bit of a toss-up game for me, and if it was at Eastern, like I said, I'd be picking a loss. Um, what's interesting to me is we're, we're entering year three of best, right? Yep. And, you know, quarterback who was, who was great, you know, they just found another one, which they always seem to do, but it's going to be interesting to see if in year three that magic kind of carries over because this mm-hmm. is, you know, mm-hmm fourth the fourth coach in this run really and you know at some point as the Grizz learn you know that starts to wear off a little bit no doubt so that's that's my thought there and the other thing I think is if the Grizz line gets no better than last year they still were kind of figuring out how to get the ball to those receivers so hopefully they can keep that going but you know it brings us to the one important end of the year game that's all that we have left <laughs> the, the, the most important and you might have heard me say this on the show before, but uh, we have a company policy, SkylandSportsMT.com, that I've carried over to ESPN Missoula. We did not pick the Cat Grizz game until 24 hours ahead of the Cat Grizz game, so I will leave that one open. But I do, when I put pencil to paper uh, for my Big Sky poll, I almost I almost across the board agree with everything you just said, except for I had the Grizz losing to Eastern Washington. But I have both these teams, 8-3, and three, going into the Cat Grizz game. I think that has them both... Squarely in the playoff picture, with the winner certainly going to the playoffs, and the loser perhaps also going to the playoffs, depending on how everything else plays out. Uh, but I'm almost on the exact same page with you, and uh, I guess I'll let you have the floor for how, how you think the Cackers game is going to go. Well, I do not work for Skyline Sports <laughs> or ESPN Radio yet, so I um, I'm going to pick uh, the Cats. Wow! The Cat and wow! The reason I'm going to do that is, you know. There's probably only a few guys left on the Grizz roster who've beaten the Cats, right? Yep. they got to prove it. And it's like, you know, we've, for the last couple of years, because they should have, sometimes you could argue they were better teams, maybe. I know that's going to upset some people, but they couldn't do it. So I think that until the Grizz can prove that they can beat the Cats, I'm picking the Cats, you know? I think the Grizz are the underdog. Choate's got a three-game winning streak. It is what it is. You can argue that it was against three of the five Grizz teams that haven't gone to the playoffs in our lifetime, yada, 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 but... I think that is what it is. So I'm picking the cats. So if all that plays out, then that means you got the Grizz at nine and three and six and two in the league. You got the Cats at nine and three, seven and one in the league. I think that would mean that depending on if someone else could knock off Eastern Washington, the Cats might be co big sky champs. But if not, uh, then the Cats would be squarely alone in second. And then we were state, if they were to lose another one, that would actually probably mean that they would be the fifth team uh, behind UC Davis, who would be the outright champs, Montana State. Then Montana would be right there alone in third, or I guess Eastern Washington and Montana and, and Montana State, depending on tiebreakers, because the Cats don't play Eastern. And then I, I think that in that situation, unless Weber was to take care of business against everybody else, I actually think that Weber would be on the outside looking in in that situation. Well, there's no way a 9-3 and three Grizz team with this schedule doesn't get the playoffs. Absolutely. There's no, that's no what I'm saying. The, the, Grizz, the Grizz are in. Yeah. If, if, they're, if they are 9-3, and three, I think even at 8-4. and four, I think so, too, the with Grizz this schedule. In. And I think the one thing the Grizz got going for them is their toughest games are at home. Yeah. So, no doubt. We'll see what happens. 329-1899. That was our Alpine Touch Montana Grizz segment with a little bit of Bobcats spiced in there. But if you give us a call right now, we got one of these for you. It's a little uh, four big mountain flavors to go Alpine Touch pack. You can get these online right now, alpinetouch.com. 
But if you give us a call, 329-1899, the first caller will get one of these shipped right to your doorstep. And we also got an Alpine Touch hat for you as well. So give us a call right now, 329-1899. Alpine Touch is what you need all summer, all winter, any time of year. The best thing when you're out cooking up on the grill or doing any other sort of deliciousness in the kitchen. Give us a call right now, 329-1899. Alpine Touch, Montana Special Spice. Show marks is on. More after this. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You gotta get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to, and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Reese is back there making Mike feel young again. I love it. This is great. Two-tailed it was, minus the two-tail, plus the Mike Nugent. Broadcasting to you live, Chris Polaris Studios. As always, Chris Polaris, 2904 West Broadway, Missoula. Go check them out. They have all the things you need for your off-roading fun all summer, all fall, and all winter. Chris Polaris. You know, Nugent, Nuanas, Nuanas, Nugent, it flows better. I mean, like, that's got some alliteration to oh, it. I hope that Gus is sitting in the back of a minivan with a bottle of bourbon in his hands listening to... Mike Nugent tried to poach his job. This is going to be this is going to be an ongoing thing. That's going to be so fun. I, I I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the show out one of these days and do Nuanas and Nugent. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> well, Nuanas and Nugent, uh, winding down the first hour, and I want to talk just briefly because we don't have much time. We spent a lot of time in the first two segments talking about the cats and the group schedule, which is a fun conversation. And if this thing plays out, if games were played on paper and these papers are correct. I think it'd be really fun for the state of Montana if both the Cats and the Grizz were in the playoff mix. It's been a little while. That was that was the that was par for the course uh, throughout the basically when Mike Kramer was at Montana State and Joe Glenn, then Bobby Houck at Montana, then up through you know the Rob Ash days uh, against you know the Robin Bobby Houck and then Robin Flugrad. I mean, there was many many Cat Grizz games where it was for the Big Sky title or for a share of the Big Sky title for a playoff spot. It has been like that for a little while, and I think that would be great for the state of Montana if it got back to that. But quickly, Mike, you are – everybody knows Mike probably from hearing his great ad that he runs on this show all the time. But you're over at Berkshire Hathaway. You're a real estate guy. You've been doing this for a long time. You've got a lot of expertise in the area. So uh, I think that real estate in – specifically Missoula and Bozeman are really – it's really fascinating because – in Montana, you know, we don't necessarily have the highest wages. In fact, we have some of the lowest wages in all of the United States. Uh, but a lot of times, uh, the cost of living here is a lot lower, too. And people choose to live in Montana for the quality of life, not necessarily the incomes that you can make. 
But in Missoula and Bozeman, the real estate markets right now, they're both on fire. They have It's going really well for anybody that owns a home. It's really hard for anybody that doesn't own a home to break in. So how would you analyze just the state of real estate in the two college towns? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, Bozeman's just a whole other world. And it really, when you're talking about real estate in Montana, there's, there's three kind of segments. And one's Bozeman all by itself. Then there's kind of Missoula at the top of kind of what I would call the developed Montana real estate. You, know, sure. you could throw in some of the other urban areas into that. And then there's kind of everything else that's just significantly cheaper. Um, prices just keep growing. They keep growing. What's interesting is in the Missoula market for the first two two quarters, for the first half of the year, we were we were down in sales market wide. And we were kind of starting to think, well, maybe it's maybe it's plateauing a little bit. But then June and July, it just exploded. And all of a sudden um, in Missoula County, we're on pace to have our highest sales volume count ever. Wow. And um, with that highest median sales price ever. What's interesting is median sales price year to date in Missoula County is 310,000. Gallatin County, $432,000. I mean, I just don't even know how that's even possible. And to give you, to give you perspective, I mean, Missoula County is the second highest median price totally. in the state. It's I mean, just 310, 310 is, just, is a really, really high number. You talk about 432. I mean, that is, that's just like unattainable. I don't even know. So do you feel like it's a stable market though right now? You know, I, mean, I think it's stable. What's interesting, and I can speak more to Missoula than Bozeman, but this is probably true in all the markets we work in. I, I'm the managing broker of Berkshire Hathaway, and I, I, I help in management of, of a lot of our offices around the state. And one of the things that's kind of interesting is is in most communities we're in, we're talking the Helenas and Bozeman's and places like that, mm-hmm. the supply of housing, the new houses, we're not building enough new houses, be it mm-hmm. condos or single-family houses or townhouses, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm to meet the the ratio of owners to renters of the new population coming in. Hmm. So even if we have a major economic event, like, you know, the stock market took a little bit of a dive this week. Sure. I think that our housing markets are going to stay stable. You might feel a little bit, little bit, but I don't think you're going to feel a major drop off unless something catastrophic happens like did with the housing bubble. First time home buyers is a huge uh, I mean, it's 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 such an interesting group to be in as somebody that I hope to be in sometime relatively soon. We'll see with what these median prices are going. I don't know. It's a it's a tall task. But what what sort of advice would you give to a first time home buyer? Well, I think that don't just believe you can't do it. Go talk to people. Uh-huh. Um, any lender worth their time is not going to feel bothered by you coming in and talk about what you can qualify for. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to know what you can qualify for because you might see a house that's perfect for you and. In this market, you got to be ready to go. So if you're not qualified and you write an offer, you're going to lose. So I think don't be afraid to reach out. You can either reach out to a real estate agent or a lender to start with, but don't think you're wasting their time because we need new first-time home buyers to be buying into these markets. Um, one of the other big things we really need, and it's a problem that if we could solve, we'd be in better shape across the state, is we need downsizing houses so that a lot of boomers whose kids have left their homes mm-hmm will sell their houses. Right. That would really help us a lot, but they have nowhere to go. Cause if you're like in right. Missoula, you're looking to downsize out of your house. That's maybe a, you know, a five bedroom house and you're going to pay more for a high end condo somewhere else. <laughs> right. It just doesn't make sense. So that's one of our big problems is we need to create some churn. It's very interesting. It's, it's, it's going to be so interesting to see how it all evolves, but Mike is the go-to guy. If you have any questions and that's what his ad always says every single day on the show any question is good to ask. Give them the phone number. If people want to ask you questions, how do they get a hold of you? It's 531-1802. Call or text. Love it. 
Mike Nugent, Berkshire Hathaway. The show marches on. We're going to do a little bit of Bobcat quarterback stuff because, of course, we are. We also still have our sports update from the chick who doesn't know much about sports. And we're going to give you Mike's five top newcomers from the Grizz. Hour two, Nuanas and Nugent marches on. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.